mean, exactly. Dr. Pepper was does have like more flavors. The guy who invented it like put a lot of different things in there. Mr. Pepper, different. Yeah, Dr. Well, yeah, Dr. he was actually a, he was a medical doctor. Yeah. Uh, you're th- you might be thinking of Mr. Pibb, his uh, bachelor degree brother-in-law. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 174. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 174, the three-move restriction episode. This week, very happy to present part two of the interview with the Get Right Band, uh, featuring their latest album, Itopia. As you probably remember from previous episodes, the Get Right Band consists of Silas DeRocher and bassist Jesse Gentry. What you might not know is that they have added a new drummer named Jazz Uriiz, and you can see him on all their most recent live shows and all their future live shows, uh, also their present live shows, all three of those categories. As I mentioned before, in these episodes, we are talking about the Get Right Band's most recent release, Itopia, which is a kind of a comment, nay, an indictment at times of the present uh, digital communication and media culture. It's available at all the streaming sites, uh, also at their website, thegetrightband.com. Also check that website for upcoming live shows and other merchandise. Here is the Get Right Band.
<laughs> I don't know how I feel about the song because I, I, it's, it's kind of a dark theme where you're like, you know, really giving over to your, like, just you're just like accepting that you're just you're you're in the throes of of the of the addiction. Right. Um, but it's such a feel good song. You just want to dance around, and it's just you know, it's got kind of like a disco vibe to it. it. Just feels good. It feels right. Yeah, and I think it's like the kind of. Uh situation a lot of us find ourselves stuck in sometimes because like for us we're trying to promote a band or promote an album or you're trying to promote a podcast or other people who are just trying to be you know a brand or get more followers or whatever this this thing where you where it starts to feel like you're doing things just for the algorithm just so it pops stuff up in front of more eyes and uh it, it really you know gets into this weird situation where you're maybe not making things or doing things for necessarily the right reason. So this is kind of a tongue in cheek. Uh, you know, this is like, you're, you're, you're deep into the cult now, uh, at this point in the album. And it's just sort of like a, I think someone said we were on a radio show recently, Jesse and I, and somebody said, I feel like I just joined a cult when they heard this one. I was like, yeah, that's a a good way to put it. Yeah. They'll take care of you. It's comforting. This is like, this is like the like and subscribe song. Right. Yeah. Every, all every every YouTube video and podcast is like, make sure you like and subscribe, put a comment below. Right. It's like, it, yeah, they may as well be we, saying, praise the algorithm. If we make a part two, we need to have a song called "Like and Subscribe." I'll, I'll, they do all the all the weird tricks. The the things that that bug me the most are like I'll see um, like a magician, especially like a hack musician, a magician. No offense. Who'll say like, uh, think about a banana, think about an elephant, now think of a number double tap to lock your answer in, you know, it's just, oh. just horribly hacky, you know, just some tricks. To, some yeah. Tricks and to then he says, likes. then he says eight, you know, pick a number from one to one to 10. He says eight. And you know, one out of 10 people think he's amazing because they're right. people are dumb. You know, that's, that's my opinion, not to get right bands. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you see stuff like that. And there's the guy, um, have you guys seen the guy? He's a musician, musician, um, not a magician. And uh, he's he always uh, has a cigar. He's usually holding a cigar, and he gives like tips for musicians for mm, social media. And he's I mean he seems like a decent guy, but like he's like oh yeah you got to post three times a day. You got to post five different pieces of content for every song and all this stuff. And it really becomes like that is the that and I understand. I mean if you that is necessary sometimes uh, if you want to yeah. get a certain level, but it's also like everybody's doing that. So it's basically just everybody flooding everything everywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there is a time and a place for the word content, but I think if you're primarily referring to what you're making as content, Mm -hmm. you maybe have crossed over from something other than artist, which is okay. I'm not even necessarily saying that with judgment, but like the, you know, I, I try, we, we aspire to try to make, the art of making music our main focus and then there comes a point where you take that music to market and you say okay now we do have to break this down into content we have to make some videos or some reels some of that is fun some of that is not fun but uh yeah i get a little tweaked out when people are referring to it too too much as just like make content make content it's also you know it's also nice to make art right right. or things things you like so you wrote you started writing these songs maybe like did you say around three years ago or so uh beginning of the pandemic maybe Mm -hmm. and then a lot has happened like with social media and just uh 
electronic communications in general, while you're recording these, you're like, oh my God, you know, Elon Musk just bought Twitter. That that would have mm-hmm. gone great in here, but we already got, you know, stuff happening like that. And you're like, oh, maybe we'll change yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, there's a kind of an endless, it's, it's a very large subject matter. I, I feel like we could make, you know, volume two and three and four and right. five. We probably won't, but I just, right. we could. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just an ever present. Like it's it's not going anywhere. It's not no. like oh mm. this this album isn't really topical anymore. It's right, like, right. This is like this is gonna right. be. I I don't know if it's ever gonna be really dealt with. I mean, the, 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 you know, the governments need to get involved and start regulating and all this kind of stuff. And I don't foresee that happening effectively anytime soon. So this is gonna be a, a, a huge issue for mental health, societal health, right, and. Right consequently physical health because of that for for a very long time so yeah stuff's always going to happen crazy stuff's going to happen but everything that on the album i feel like is going to just hold up for a very long time Jason 
just I, I when I think of a lot of these songs now, it's it's just how I feel when I play them and what, like because we've been playing the, the album a little bit now. We've yeah. the, the album's been out for um, like a week and a half, and we did, we've done two shows now where we play the album all the way through, and it's just it just feels the song just feels really good to me. It's just a very like there's there's you know there's obviously dark times on the album where it still feels good but you're like you know you're kind of thrashing or whatever or, or whatnot but this is just a nice like smooth it's it's got a very chill vibe just kind of like the the pulsing bass line and kind of ethereal like keyboards happening and sauce is playing like a little it almost sounds like a little surf rock-esque mm-hmm. yeah this, the music is just very relaxing on this song and it just it feels right every time it happens i love it um <laughs> but it's kind of cool because I, this this song is there's there's so many outliers it's kind of funny because whilst the, there are musical and lyrical themes that travel throughout the album so there's a lot of connectivity between the songs you get songs like this where it's like it's not exactly like the other songs yeah but there's some things that do tie it back together. So it's kind of like there's several like much like in a day to day life or, you know, talking about your interactions with other people. Like every, not everything is going to be the same all the time. Like you can't just you have one mode as you travel throughout the day. There's not just one mode as you travel through the album. There's like, you know, there's ups and downs and there's there's different ways of feeling good, not just happy or elated or doped out or whatever. Like you can you can still feel good with you know in other ways and i feel like this song is kind of to me is like kind of one of those like oh i didn't know that i could feel this emotion or whatnot it's not just as as easy as happy or sad like there's a whole spectrum in between and this song kind of hits like some of those in-betweens where you're like oh yeah it's like the first time i had dr pepper i didn't realize that you could have that flavor it was just like you had like coke and sprite and then i was like oh my god dr pepper this is like it's like discovering a new color of the rainbow Yeah, yeah and so to me, I, I like songs like this where you're like kind of listening to it album and you're like, oh yeah, this feels good too. Not in a, not in a, a good way that Itopia feels good, but it feels great nonetheless. That's interesting you said that because I heard someone just uh, maybe a couple of months ago mention uh, that they'd never had Dr Pepper, and they asked what it. You never had Dr Pepper, and they asked, oh, "What does it I've taste never had like?" Any soda. Oh, okay. Well, they asked what it tastes like, and um, nobody there could. We we're, were like, we can't explain it. Can't can't tell you what mm. it tastes like. You know, you can't know. It's, so it's it's You've it's never strikingly different. No, wow. I mean I've had a sip like to know uh, peer that pressure. I don't like it. The kids in high school were like, "Go ahead, you yeah, won't get addicted." I can't even. I can't even think. I think more so. I've just had a sip like accidentally, like mm-hmm. thinking my girlfriend's glass of Sprite is my glass of water or something. Oh yeah, you need a moment to process that. <laughs> <laughs> so so you guys would say that Dr Pepper is is strikingly different than coke or pepsi yeah yeah it's different i mean they're all they all taste pretty similar because they're all like sugary carbonated right you know chemically drinks but they taste fantastic but there's there's a difference right i mean dr pepper was does have like more flavors like intentionally the guy going on yeah the guy who invented it like put a lot of different things in there Hmm. um just to be mr pepper different yeah dr well yeah he was actually a he was a medical doctor Uh, you're th- you might be thinking Mr. Pibb, his uh, <laughs> right, right, his uh, bachelor degree brother-in-law, Mr. Pibb. Yeah, yeah. So for both of you, when you meet someone for the first time and talk to them for any amount of time, 
what impression do you want them to have of you uh, after you part ways? I guess oh my it depends God, on, what on, a hard on the interaction. Like, like, what are we meeting some random stranger on the street? Is it like, are we being introduced to a close? This is too broad. Yeah. Of a, let's say, a yeah, you're introduced at a party to someone, and uh, you talk to them for like 20, 25 minutes, and it's a good conversation. Well, we're best friends by that point. If we're talking oh, okay. that long, I mean, this is. I hope to make made a, a massive impression on their life because that's a, that's a huge portion of of their day right there. Yeah. I mean, I want people to like me. I don't need them to like me. Mm. But I is this, would, is this turning into a Michael Scott quote? No, no. This is. I know it sounds very similar <laughs> to a Michael Scott quote, but I I have come to accept that not everybody will like me. But yeah, I would like for them to take away some positivity, to have you know, not feel like they've wasted some time with me i definitely feel like i've I've had conversations with people where i was like yeah i didn't need to have that conversation i would have loved <laughs> to do anything else right. and i don't want people to have that feeling after the conversation oh yeah so yeah i would like to, to leave with some positivity maybe learn have an exchange of ideas maybe learn something or develop some some listening skills if you know if maybe make them feel heard if they have something to, to tell yeah i think that's a major one for me is i would i want people to feel like they've been listened to and engaged in a way that uh you know demonstrates real curiosity interest in their life and yeah i mean ideally like me think i'm funny ish what about you, Ron? Me? Yeah. You um, hmm. That's a good question. I want them to think about me. I think, yeah, just probably that I'm interesting. That I'm not not boring. Because I can be boring because well, I'm, I'm pretty quiet in social situations. So, gotcha. uh, so it would be very unusual for me to have a 20-minute conversation with someone. Um, you are doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of forced into it. this. <laughs> this whole podcast was a, my therapist idea. They're like, uh, you know, talk to people, think of an excuse. I'm like, oh yeah, not really. Nice. Oh <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was real. <laughs> but yeah, just that um, I'm interesting, probably. Well, I think you're interesting. Oh, thanks. You didn't have to say but that. But you also oh, also them mostly are talking about my album. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, yeah. I really like what he had to say. He really he talked about the things <laughs> I care about. Yeah. Simon says don't trust them I am your only friend My truth is oxygen Trust me Simon says don't look down you're on the tightrope now You're on the right road now Trust me I know something you don't know I know something you don't know I'm winning I'm winning I can see the clues I can follow tracks I can find the sand I can find the facts I can look
I think you need to field this one, Silas. I mean, okay. I guess I can talk about it. No, I'll, I'll field it. Um, so, trust me is really when things start going down, things start really going south in the mental health experience of the character in our concept album. And uh, this is really diving into conspiracy theories. This is really diving into a lot of the things that I think have been some of the darkest um, aspects of technology and, and also just of modern life, you know, even outside of technology. But this song um, is also the idea musically for this song would be that it would be a constant build from the first note to the end would just be constantly escalating mm -hmm. in lyrical intensity and musical intensity. And so this was a really exciting one to move from actually on, on the, on the vinyl version of our album, there's a few bonus tracks that aren't on the, the digital and CD versions so we included on that a demo of trust me which is just me and an acoustic guitar uh and vocals and you know i think it's it's kind of a cool song to hear the demo version of because it's so different it does not have that build i mean it's got some build but not very much and then when jesse and jc brought the bass and drums in and then also we you know added layers of of vocals and stuff and and synths and uh Mellotron and things like that. Uh, you know, it just really gets very dramatic. And this has been, I think, for me, maybe the most, um, I don't know if fun is right, the right word, but the most uh, emotional and exciting to play live because it's so dramatic. It builds so intensely. And the subject matter, I mean, this is all subject matter I'm interested in and feel passionate about. But I think this song, maybe particularly, I just really feel the lyrics and feel the danger and darkness that's brought into our world by these, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and things like that. I had, uh, one of my notes here. Uh, first of all, everything you just said, I, I wrote down too. Uh, but also, uh, that it has a Jim, Jim Steinemann feel to it. Do you know who that is? Nope. Jim Steinemann Steinemann. He's the guy who wrote all the, uh, meatloaf hits. Oh. Like a big kind of bombastic dramatic flair. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a compliment. He's one of my favorite guys there. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. What's a, a song that you guys still have? Not one of your songs, or it could be, but a song from your past that you still have a, an emotional reaction to. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. You mean like when listening to? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God, there's a lot. I mean. Pink Floyd comes to mind just because we're talking about concept albums, a song like Us and Them or Mother or um, like the last song on uh, Dark Side of the Moon. I forget what it's called. Eclipse, I guess. Uh, those to me are just, I mean, most, most Pink Floyd will hits me as hard today as it did back then actually there's a song called when the tigers broke free by pink floyd which is uh which, which was gonna be on the wall but the rest of the band besides roger waters all thought it was like too uh personal and too emotionally intense so it, it ended up on their next record um the final cut and that's a song that i discovered in high school and i you know have recently listened to and cried i mean it's it's just such an emotionally intense 
song. So I don't know. There, there, I'm sure there's a million of them, but Pink Floyd just comes to mind right now. Jesse, you got one? I mean, I don't listen to a lot of music that I used to listen to, but if I had to really name an artist, it would be the Beatles for sure. Like a lot of a lot of John Lennon songs are really emotionally charged. More from the Get Right Band in just a few moments. I want to remind you to visit their website, thegetrightband.com. Also look for them on all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, probably YouTube Music. Uh, what else? Kazaa. I put some stuff up there the other day. Mostly the same song with a bunch of different titles. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WNC Original Music at your favorite co- podcast places. Oops, I almost said something. Or just go to wncoriginalmusic.com. Where there are no plans or promises. Hello, my name is Jackson Harden, and my new EP, Dakota Blue Moon, is available now wherever you listen to music. To learn more, you can visit www.jacksonharden.com. That's J-A-C-K-S-O-N-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thanks for listening. Corrections and clarifications from the recent episode with Andrew Thelston and special guest interviewer Courtney Cahill. Uh, Turkey is a country in Europe and Turkey is a foul bird that is often eaten at Thanksgiving. So they were both right. Hey, this is Craig Max from Cutlass. You were listening to WNC Original Music. almost like an interlude or or so i picture this song like if we were to do a stage production of this uh concept album which we have no plans to do but mm-hmm. i fantasize about it sometimes like a mr Roboto be, type thing and 
Yeah, yeah kind of, or like yeah. a like the wall, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, that's a that's a movie, <laughs> but like a, a Broadway production or something of it. Like this would be all the lights go down except for a spotlight. And the main character walks to the front of the stage and breaks the fourth wall and sings this song very um, raw and, and, you know, exposed directly to the audience. And it's a, it's a little bit like a palate cleanser. Like it's a very simple song. Uh, it's only got four lines. It's only, I think like a minute and a half or something. And I just felt like the album needed something Uh, It needed to mellow out a little bit at this point because trust me has gotten us pretty dark and intense and it's about to get a lot more dark and a lot more intense. So this was, this is a, a, a a brief moment where the character kind of turns to camera or turns to the audience and says, uh, you know, I might be in trouble here. I might be uh, going down the wrong path here. And then he, does yeah. this this has a little bit of what you're talking about a while ago with the um kind of lo-fi sound that you did mm-hmm. i'm assuming with um highly fi uh hi-fi uh instruments yeah you know or effects yeah. yeah what's a kid's tv show you used to watch what was like your favorite kid's tv show when you were kids i mean the simpsons or i guess for kids i yeah. mean yeah that was i mean the simpsons was like a major yeah. part of my childhood and all oh that. yeah yeah. Me too. Yeah, Simpsons was huge. Rugrats is great. I was super into Boy Meets World for a long time. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I love that show. No, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a lot older than you guys uh, because I was a full-grown adult when The Simpsons came out. And I remember distinctly thinking, I hope kids aren't watching this show because it was like a bad influence, you know? But I guess they were. Yeah. What year did it I, come out? Uh, I want to say like 87 or 88. My parents were pretty strict about TV and movies. And there was a period where they let me watch The Simpsons with them because they felt like the jokes were going over my head, which I'm sure they were correct. You know, at least the inappropriate stuff. And then they stopped letting me watch it. And I remember (laughs) being really frustrated with that. Like I, I watched it as a, at this age and now I'm not allowed to. And they were like, but now you get it. And, Right. I know how inappropriate it is. So then I would just watch it when they weren't in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even if they can't break bones I don't feel rejection from the world that I've disowned I reject you 
when it starts to get i mean like Silas said it just gets darker and darker i mean the name says it all the outrage machine it's like it's that's like what the internet can be in the in the hands of you know the dark one when you're when you've gone to the dark side it's like when we're talking about having a positive impression on someone having a negative imprint and that that negativity is so much more powerful than the positivity and that's really kind of what this song explores and you know when you when you have the power of evil in your hands then the internet becomes you know an outrage machine and you can trigger a lot of things with a with very little effort but also you know this is kind of a rager too like the the uh intensity of the song kind of matches the lyrical content silas when you're writing this was there anything in particular that kind of influenced that i was thinking a lot about um the political conversations on facebook or mm-hmm. sometimes i would have the experience or even more so my girlfriend would have the experience which i would say is just uh, you know the, the explanation being just sexism where she would post something you know not very political not very um just just pretty innocuous and she would get all these kinds of responses and conversations would spark up responses to responses about you know trump and Mm -hmm. different political views and things just got really dark really fast and she she would get really frustrated and say like god i can't even post like hope you're having a good day and without not in biden's america (laughs) (laughs) and so i recall so this is the the only time in my life i've ever done research for songwriting and one of the things i learned i can't really remember where but probably from tristan harris um who's a who's a modern um thinker and and problem solver on on technology and i think he he refers to it as ethical what does he call himself a technology ethicist or something like that Mm -hmm. anyways um, that there are, I think, seven or so key activating emotions um, that these algorithms are not programmed to piss us off. They're not programmed to show us more things that are divisive. They're programmed to keep us on the um, platform for as long as possible and right. engaging for as long as possible. And that engagement is measured through clicks, likes, comments. And it just so happens because of the negativity bias that we discussed earlier and because of just human psychology and evolution, most of the emotions that trigger us to get involved in a conversation are negative ones. And outrage is one of the biggest ones. And so we are in this situation where the these algorithms are just feeding us things that will piss us off 
because that engages us and keeps us on the platform later. So it's, it's, it's pretty dark. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I am very positive about the potential of the internet, um, agree and social media, except that, you know, people don't access that, that part of it, you know, like, uh, you know, you can find the full works of Shakespeare and Langston Hughes and, yes. you know, all the Beatles songs, every song you ever want to hear, you know, people do that some, but most of their time is spent, you know, um, you know, going to blogs that they blogs. That's how old I am. Um, going to, uh, to websites and YouTube videos, uh, with people that they like to talk about people they don't like, or people they don't like to leave yeah. comments about how terrible they are, you know? Yeah. And I think there are a lot of infrastructure things that, that could be changed. And that's one reason I like listening to or reading about what Tristan Harris has to say. He, he worked at Google for a long time and, uh, he, he has a lot of really cool real world, um, ideas. Like just one of them that I can remember is if, if instead of like a like or dislike button on, um, on Facebook, there was a button that was like, let's get together and discuss this because I don't feel the same as you. And uh-huh. it would like, and it would link your calendars together and you would, you know, it'd help you set up like an in-person or a zoom meeting to kind of like discuss instead of a like or a dislike, you know, just, just a lot of cool examples of how like we, we tend to think these programs just are how they are, but they're being written and updated by people and they could be changed or governments could force them to change and yeah. not, uh, like another one is, um, he, he's been fighting really hard to get legislation passed that doesn't allow ads to be shown to teens Yeah, between the, but not even 24 seven, just between the hours, I think of midnight and seven, because from midnight to seven, social media usage is heavily linked with depression and suicidal, uh, inclination in teens and so he was basically just saying, if we don't let these companies advertise to teens, they'll be getting less notifications, less of the activating emotions, less sucked in right. by the companies. So there's there's just a lot of things that could be done that aren't people. Yeah. You know, one one question I ask people sometimes is if you can make one change, if you could make one all powerful change in the world, what would it be? And uh, Bill, Billy Litz, you guys know him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. That's that's what he said. He said uh, some some version of that it was something like uh kids on social media never get ads you know and he's like you're not mm. going to keep them off social media but you can keep them getting ads and then i think he said something like they're not something about an, the algorithm and i don't know how possible it is but it seems like it's possible to for them not to have an algorithm for the algorithm just mm. to be a timeline a true timeline yes. here's what the people you follow post and you yeah. see it and then you if you don't like it you scroll by it but we don't keep track of that That would be a significant improvement in mental health.
Yeah, this is uh this is the punk, the punk rock. Oh, hey, I song. have it right Maybe. here. Punk rock. Let, let loose a little it. bit, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, because you're exploring a lot of these emotions here, and and you know, there's certain things that can only be expressed through a punk song. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as the name <laughs> yeah. as the name suggests, it's like like we've been talking about all night here is engaging you know with the trolls and feeding the outrage machine and you know it's like don't feed the trolls like if they're they won't have sustenance if you don't feed them so don't engage with this negativity it's kind of it's it's very much call to action where it's just like yeah if you're gonna give them fodder they're gonna burn it and they're gonna chew you up and spit you out but if you don't give them anything you know it's like don't, almost like you know. Don't let the bully get to you. Don't let the negative. Don't let the negativity get inside you. You know, don't don't put stuff out there that's just gonna get spit back out at you. Right. And you know, if you got to kind of you got to keep yourself together, be strong, and don't give them anything to to tear you down with. Can you can you guys tell me other musicians that you uh? want people to listen to national or local. And here's what I'm going to do so that you don't feel obligated to name every musician, especially local that you can think of. So you don't leave anybody out. After you say about three, I'm going to just cut you off. I'm going to say, look, I know you got five more. I'm just going to cut you off right here. Okay. Like that. So if somebody says, why don't you mention me? You can say, Hey, I was just about to, and that jerk cut us off. Yeah, this is a I've, good question. I, I, I have to think about it. Go ahead, Jesse. I've got one band that I, I really think more people should be into, which is they were they're called Trash Panda, and they were out of Atlanta. I believe they're they're based out of Florida now, and they are just fantastic. They're kind of kind of in our vein, like kind of psychedelic rock, and they're one of the we've played shows with them. They're just you know they're just one of the best bands that I've heard in in my time as a musician here here in Nashville and. They they deserve a lot more recognition, I would say. Yeah, and that makes me think of Little Stranger, which is a band out of Charleston um, that I really love. They're not they're also you know not not huge, um, but they're kind of like a hip hop duo, but sort of with a pop reggae feel also. But they're I, I don't know as I'm saying that that doesn't actually really sound like something I would like that much, but I, I they're just <laughs> exceptionally good at what. Don't they talk do. yourself out of liking them right here on the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I love them. Thanks. Yeah. Um, also, uh, for for local musicians, I'll mention there's a um, singer songwriter named Eleanor Underhill who we collaborate with often, and um, I know through being in a romantic relationship with her for twelve years. Coincidence. Um, and she is has kind of been on a similar journey as us in terms of really getting extremely exploratory with um, recording and recording at home. And uh, she's put out two. She, she has a band called Underhill Rose that that is you know much loved in Asheville. And then she's put out two solo records that have gotten really experimental and interesting and poppy and psychedelic and weird and cool and fun. And, um, I think people should check her out. All right. Oh, I have another one too. Oh yeah. All right. Stephanie Morgan. Um, she and and our 
keyboardist Chuck, they used to be in a band called Stephanie Z, which is a great band. I think all their stuff is probably on, on Spotify or various places. They're totally worth checking out. And then Stephanie put out a solo record, um, which it's like called chrysalism or something like that. It's, it's, I think it's a made up word. I don't know, but anyways, it's fantastic. She's an amazing singer and writes great songs and yeah. All right. I'm cutting you off. Okay. I know you have a long list <laughs> of other people there. Okay. And there's actually no one else I like. Oh, I need to okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks again to Jesse and Silas from the get right band for being on the show. Don't forget to find them at thegetrightband.com. Also, just search Get Right Band at all the streaming services. Um, search search like Netflix, too, just, just to see what happens. I'm curious myself. Let me know. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcasts, or just go to wncoriginalmusic.com. Every week when I do the closing song, choose the closing song, I always try to pick one that in some way uh, complements the songs of the main interviewees and I think this week I have done an especially good job if I don't mind patting myself on the back. Stress Dolls uh, is the moniker of Chelsea O'Donnell who is a singer-songwriter from Buffalo, New York. Stress Dolls as a musical entity can be a solo performance by O'Donnell with just her acoustic guitar. It can be a duo and it can be a full-on band coming right at you. You can find all of those arrangements of the band at stressdollsmusic.com. Here is Stress Dolls. Have a good week. things I tell it to It's covered in guilt and my inherent attitude
So you're you're probably because you called him jerks. 